Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Venture Started Podcast, where I interviewed Kadar Muhammad. Kadar just graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in finance and just landed a job in consulting. In this episode, he shares his knowledge on finance, stock trading, and his passion for sneakers. Also, I'd like to give a special thanks to Kadar, as when we recorded this, he had just suffered a concussion while snowboarding, so shout out to him for pushing through it. With that out of the way, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks. Um, you you just graduated, uh, what was it, two years ago from... Uh, oh, just this past June, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Past so June. From UW? Yeah, University of Washington. Uh, went to business school, got a degree in finance. Okay. Um, and what are, what are you doing now? Um, are you working in finance? Uh, no, I, I actually, um, I'm working at a consulting firm okay. with um, Accenture. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you heard of the Accenture Consulting. So I got an internship back in uh, 2019. You know, it was like super competitive, like interview process as far as um, trying to land the internship. They actually said it was harder to land the internship versus the full-time position. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was like, it, it was nuts, man. It was like, I think 300 maybe like almost 400 kids like applying all at once and it was um there's only three spots and you know i'm just like insanely competitive and so yeah. i just kind of saw that as like a opportunity to rise to the occasion so that, and, that know, was pretty big for you to get that it was a big deal yeah so i was really uh i was really happy that i was able to like, just get it and um go out there and just um really just perform and like do well and let the let them know like hey like you know, I, I belong here and i deserve to be here and i'm Put in the work and prove that so nice um i actually i grew up are you familiar with woodenville washington woodenville, yeah yeah, yeah I, I went to middle school there um and i visited uw a couple times with my school um i'm in california now but i think uw's a great school definitely yeah. good business Thank school you. yeah man it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great place um very competitive for sure and it's just um there's just so many resources where there's um you can really just go out and do anything as far as like with your ideas and um if you're like interested in starting something up they actually have like uh, programs in place and clubs to actually like help you get your idea going and there's like great faculty like really cool people where they can just like give you that like amazing guidance and just like, help you along your way so i'm really thankful that i was able to graduate from there nice and sorry degree in finance and what else yeah was it's it? finance. Oh, okay. Like, I was, just I was finance. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when did you become interested in finance? Was that in high school, middle school? Yeah. I've always been interested in just like the nature of business itself. So, uh, my dad like killed my dreams of going to the NBA in middle school. <laughs> I just, uh, I was like, just like, okay, well, what else do I like? Uh, and one thing I noticed is I always enjoyed, um, just like the idea of just making money just selling things uh, i used to sell like candy bars when i was like elementary school to like other kids in my class or just like same that's a great and, like swap out video games like you know halo like a whole bunch of like other video games and just uh because there's kids in my elementary school like they couldn't get their hands on uh certain games like grand theft auto and stuff and i had like mm-hmm. older sisters so i would just go out and have them buy it for me and then i would just like go and sell it to them yeah <laughs> for a bit more so it's just like I, I've always been interested in like the idea of just like making money and like how money moves and how money works. But as far as like with finance goes and like uh, the stock market and all that stuff, um, I didn't really get like so interested in it until maybe my first year in business school. Like I, I w- okay. always had like an adept idea about like how the market is, and, like how it works and stuff, but just never on like a, on a deeper level, just more of like a high level thing. 
and there was just like a bunch of guys in my classes that were just like oh yeah you know like i just shorted this or i just went long on that and i was like i know yeah. they're talking about the stock market i just don't know what exactly so i don't want to feel left out so i just started like to learn like that <laughs> yeah yeah and um and i saw you trade options when did that come in like or when and how did you become interested in trading options so specifically yeah, Specifically, yeah, uh, thank you. that's a great question. Um, so it started kind of back in my second year of business school where I had uh, a really close friend of mine, Vincent, and he was like going crazy with options. And at the time, you know, I'm in college and I'm thinking like, you know, we don't have like a lot of money. Everything's going like to books and all these other things. And he's like talking about spending like 7,000 on like a call for yeah. Activision. And I'm like, yo, who's spending 7,000 in the first place in the stock market? To me, it was insane. Yeah. So. I started like asking him like more questions. I was like, hey man, like, like what are you doing? Like, he's like, oh, these are options. Like this, a call is when you expect a, this price of the stock to go up, put is when you're expecting it to go down. There's different strategies. You can do swing plays. You can do like iron condors, like all these sort of things. And I just said, all right, cool. Yeah, that's what's up. And then I just like wanted like to like learn kind of progressively and gradually. I didn't really start taking it seriously and really starting doing a deep dive until the pandemic hit. So back in March. Oh, okay. so, that's when I was, um, I saw it as like, a, once like the stock market, like had this like mini crash and like everything like fell, that's when I kind of saw it as like a great opportunity to like go and learn and really like apply to what I've uh, learned throughout like the last, like I think three or four months. Cause I was learning all these things. I just didn't have the money to go and apply and yeah. my, my skills. Cause like, who's going to risk like a, a few thousand on like a, a contract <laughs> so yeah. at the time. So it's just like, that was like my golden opportunity to really go out and invest and, and like trade options specifically. So things uh, started to go well as far as like when I, I think the first uh, trades that I started to get in on, um, I think I started doing calls on random. I think it might've been Boeing because we didn't really know how During, long the pandemic was. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like right when the Boeing crash happened, I started doing calls on Boeing and Boeing still continued to crash. And then I was like, all right, this isn't working with me. Like changed my approach. That's when I started learning how to read like the charts, understand like what the RSI is, statistical analysis, uh, and just um, more analysis and as far as like uh, what to look for when a stock may be on the rise, like bullish or bearish trends. And um, actually, me and another one of close uh, friends of mine, like uh, his younger brother, that's like I consider him like a brother of my own. So he we got into trading options around the nine time, uh, around the same time. He's he's only nineteen, so. It, I consider him like just as good as me, if not better when it comes to it. And we like picked it up at the same time. So he told me about like the airline industry and how like they're continuing to struggle. And that's like when we first started to see like real success when it came to trading options. So what do we do? Uh, we started uh, placing a lot of puts on okay, a yeah. bunch of airlines. So we we shorted like the entire airline industry, like uh, American Airlines, United, yeah. Alaska. And we just like went crazy with them. And that's when we first started to see like the real success behind trading options. And now we're just like, yo, this is, this might be it right here. Like yeah, yeah. trading options is the wave. So we started like trading a lot of puts. And then once we started to see real success with that, we, we branched out and started like, I got a wall street journal subscription after that <laughs> week. And I just like, I was like, what's, what's looking out in the market? Like what's going down. And yeah. uh, I started to just kind of like do my own due diligence after that. Um, followed like a bunch of like people on Twitter, a bunch of like uh, trading news, that kind of thing to sort of like stay informed. And uh, I bought a bunch of like random uh, courses that I thought like were and watched like a, a ton of YouTube videos that I thought would like help me hone my own strategy and yeah. skills. 
granted a lot of it was like uh, as a lot of it was like bullshit and i was just like oh man like after like learning and i looked back at it and i was like dude man like they were just like feeding crap like majority of the time so i was just thinking um you know there's a lot of uh just like a lot of fake gurus out there who think like they have like um what it takes or like their method is the golden method or the golden yeah. opportunity when it comes like to trading options and like i just want to make it clear to anyone listening and like to yourself oscar that like that's like complete bullshit like there's no perfect way when it comes to trading options like i myself like i'm not perfect but i can make a better play than someone who's been doing it for like five or ten years or someone who may have sure. like twice or three times the liquidity that i have it's just all about like finding the right opportunity and trusting in yourself and your due diligence to find like the right play and i have like a ton ton of examples on that like feel free like to ask you like what was the worst play i've made what was the best play you've made like i'm like i'm open book yeah um that actually was uh, rolling into my next part of personally like i feel kind of intimidated like i want to do it but i'm not sure um i'm i'm okay with risking the money right but i'm i'm just did you ever feel like what if there's something like i'm not i'm missing or you were kind of intimidated to go for it dude i was scared of shit like <laughs> i'm not gonna lie like when i first came to trading options like i was so afraid to put this money up on the line that I've like worked for. And uh, especially at the time it was like, I, I was trading with my financial aid package. So like whatever I oh, got wow. from like, uh, like UW. So I was, that's literally what it was. I was trading with the money that I got from like a financial aid check. So uh, basically what it came down to was um, what, how much like, I look at it as like three things. Like first thing, how much you're willing to risk. That's the first part. The second thing is, Oh, where do you see this trade going and what's the psychology behind it and i think the third thing is like can the stock run or like can it go like basically timing so i feel like timing is everything it's uh there's it's like an un, it's um an underrated sort of uh, trade as far as with timing timing because um thing is with um trades and options especially like timing and everything and time is like working with you time is working against you like that's the whole like theta decay like there's literally like one of the greeks is um theta and that's like yeah. however much time your option or your contract is like on the table for that's like there's a there's like a decimal point and that's like how much you're losing every day like you multiply it and it's like it, there's a dollar value so you can have like a point like one oh theta or some shit and then it'll be like you're losing a hundred dollars like every day that you have this contract so there's just like a lot of things that you have to like look out for but i don't want you to um overthink it or like kind of talk yourself out anything because as the saying goes like you know scared money don't make money yeah and but it, it's entirely like i totally get where you're coming from because i was in the same position myself um, i think what you really need to look out for when it first comes to trading options is um have first understand like okay i'm putting this money out and i may never see this money again like that's just like once you're able to like, sort of like check that in your head like all right you're okay with whatever decision like or whatever the outcome is after second thing is like the saying goes like don't fall in love with the trade like there's a whenever like you place a trade and like let's say you immediately start immediately start to see gains that you would have like normally pull out of but yeah like, wow i just only bought this like contract like 30 minutes ago and it's already printing like yeah, i'm up 500 like oh my god like we gotta let it ride and like keep going yeah, yeah. Like, I, I love this trade with everything in my heart like 
or you put you go big on a trade something that was supposed to work out and be very like profitable and it just like it eats shit it starts tanking you fall in love with the trade it's going uh, or even like it starts to tank immediately and you're like oh man like i'm down like eight nine hundred dollars but it's cool like i have like two more weeks on this contract like i know it'll bounce back like i know the stock will rally things will work out those are like just like some examples of like falling in love with the trade and i've been guilty yeah. of it myself like numerous times like there's been times where i fell in love with the trade and i'm up like eight or nine thousand and it's just like why like why would i sell now i just yeah, like yeah. i bought the contract like two days ago and it's just and then uh, then this the contract turns out to just eat shit entirely and you uh, you end up making it out with like the skin on your barely with skin on your back so it's just uh, those are like just two sides of it and so going back what you should look out for when you, when you first learn to trade options is check your emotions uh, leave your emotions at the door and then just be like a robot and just kind of like trade based off of like rationale and logic and what, sure. know what works and what doesn't work second thing is um uh, don't talk yourself out of the trade. Like if you're just like second guessing or constantly, sometimes you just gotta like just fucking do it. Like that's the way I look at it. Like yeah, like, you may be afraid now, but once you actually like get in the rhythm of things again, the swing, just like make that trade. Like, maybe you want to start a small like hundred or two hundred dollar contract. Then you, you just say like just fuck it and you just go in and do it. And then you, you see the way things work out. Be like hey, I'm able to trust in my own due diligence. I'm able to see that the reach, research that I have put in is paying off and I'm making gains on my returns uh, you build more confidence and you'll be comfortable to like make like Tesla calls like because yeah. <laughs> Tesla contracts we know like they're both like really expensive so eventually you'll get to that point like you know, some of the heavy hitter stuff like Amazon Tesla trade desk like one of the, some of those like big contract or big company names and uh, be able to trade options with them without having like to worry about like what the outcome is or it's that whole fear factor entirely so that's like sure. my advice that's great uh i'm i'm still learning and um i'm thinking do you do like long-term uh options trading where like you have minimal risk as compared to like trading options with like expiration dates of a week or two do you go for maybe like a month or maybe have you do you go for like oh yeah a couple months yeah definitely um, like i have a few plays right now with um tesla that are they don't expire until like april so it's okay. just, um, i have a few contracts with them and it's just like sometimes you know like you can go for like a leap call where it's um some i know some guys that do like a year out like with um some companies like i know some guy that has like a contract with tesla that doesn't inspire expire until like 2023 and i'm just like that's insane yeah. but you know it prints either way but sometimes it's just it all comes down to uh and i do both actually so I'll have contracts that expire like week by week or every two weeks, even three weeks. My rule is like for you, someone that you're just starting out, you may want to get a contract that has like some length on it. So like yeah. between like two to three weeks would be ideal and just kind of like give you time to like uh, see where the contract's heading. Like uh, if you're satisfied with your gains or not, if you see you know, like rally and just like understand the whole like logic behind that. But yeah, I do both. So it's, uh, it's um, the both works out really well, especially like when you kind of do like the lead calls, you don't have to like monitor it every day, so to say, because yeah. when you're like a week or two week contract that expires. So it's definitely a lot easier that way where it's like less work on your part. And it's just kind of up to you to be informed about like what the company is doing and like where the stock is moving. At. So uh, this week with me, it's like I'm monitoring uh, Tesla because like earnings is coming up and uh, the S&P is going to like fluctuate with whatever happens with the Tesla earnings now that they're being like traded yeah. in the S&P as well and um, 
because I went out a few months ahead, my prediction is I think Tesla's going to hit like a uh, thousand uh, within the next like few months. Like we saw that, yeah, that run a, a few weeks ago, and I've been saying it for a minute. Like since the pandemic started, I was saying like, "Yo, Tesla is going ape shit, guys!" Like buy in, buy in, buy in, and we saw we saw it go ape shit last summer where. It was having like two, three hundred dollar weeks. It was insane. Yeah. And they actually they did a stock split and they split the stock and that was like another golden opportunity. Like after the stock split, the stock split, and I was able to just like go and like cop a bunch of Tesla shares and just because uh, I know like uh, bro, like it's like there's sometimes like there's people where you know like the company's like gonna go crazy and just like the stock is gonna rise like whether it's like a wave or um uh just it could be hype some people like don't really believe in tesla i personally i think it's i think it's a future because ev is the wave as of now like uh people are trying to do everything they can to sort of like lower carbon emissions and uh to get away from like gas vehicles so maybe maybe 10 20 years from now like we won't see as much like cars on the road i knew ev was going to be the wave when i saw like mercedes make like uh electrical like s550 so i was just like okay like everyone's trying to get with the wave same with like audi they have like electrical vehicles as well that are like luxurious so electrical vehicles man they're gonna be the wave (laughs) yeah um like where i was going with that i um i'm looking i was looking at plug power for example they had a one month um they're up 80 percent. i'm just thinking like for something like that you know green energy like you said it's the future right would you say uh like buying calls for plug power like maybe three months out but you're risking your whole portfolio on a one call uh no yeah that's something uh i mean you have the right idea like buying a couple months out and just because uh, you know like the way that the stock is moving it's only moving up so yeah. you have the right idea there risking your whole portfolio is like an entirely different thing like you have to ask yourself this question are you okay with like let's say some scandal comes out about like the CEO plug where uh, they they like smoke crack or something yeah to go with that and the stock tanks like would you be okay with like losing it you have to realize you have to ask yourself like am i okay potentially losing my entire portfolio okay. over one play and if you are shit by all means like roll the dice but i don't think you are so i think like what, what would be like a better strategy for you is like to kind of like build up your portfolio to the point where you you're able to um be okay having like those like big plays okay. where it, they may not seem as big to you once like you build up your portfolio and really like get it packing and just like you're able to risk like a few thousand on a, a call that's a few months out like that's fine and uh yeah the, it literally all comes with time that's what i'm saying and it's just like that time is entirely up to whatever the plays you make so we saw what happened in gamestop on friday like let's yeah. say you had like a, <laughs> let's say you bought a call at like uh 8 a.m your your life would be entirely like a 430 call like with uh that was um i think it was maybe like 15 or 20 dollar call in the money or out of the money at the time but that would option would be worth like 30k right now so (laughs) it just like all comes down to like the plays that you put in like the timing that you make so uh, yeah you have the right idea for sure like uh, you're really young but you seem like you have like a depth grasp with uh, how to trade and like what are the right moves to make as far as like that risk factor goes i don't think you should be risking that much right now at this point and you're uh, because i don't like the worst thing that could happen is like the it goes belly up, you, you data decay, ruins you, 
the stock doesn't bounce back where he just like tanks and within that time and you're just like dude like fuck options trading like fuck yeah. Kadar for telling me about options trading <laughs> and just uh and just like kind of get discouraged because like we have like there's a lot of people who get burned you know like comment on my tiktok like you're you're a degenerate you're a gambler like why would you trade options and like and i'm just like dude like it's not gambling if you know what you're doing i mean some people say like yeah the house always wins stock like the market always wins but you, you have to have that hindsight to be able to like to pull out at some point like, you can't reinvest like everything like, you have yeah. to pull some of it out eventually right so yeah yeah it's just like i, I think you'll definitely get there dude like um I started out the same way, like trading my financial aid check and just like being able to like build it up where I'm able to be in a position where I can make like Tesla calls uh, and just kind of like uh, risk like thousands on one play because it's just like I just build my way up to get there. And it's like I've come back from like crazy trades where I've been like down bad horrendously. And I've been able like to turn it around and just like be back in the game and be able to be in that position to make those like crazy plays. So it's just like all that matters about like your grit, how hard you're willing to work, and just like as far as not even like with the trades, like I, I put trades to the side for a second, just like just like your knowledge and just like betting on yourself and just saying like, hey, I think this is gonna work out because of the hours of work that I put in to know where this like stock may end up going. So that looks like it's just like reading up like I said I would suggest like everyone gets like a Wall Street Journal subscription and just like build their watch list from there and then just like read about the articles like Sundays are usually a great day because like we're going into a new trading weekend everything is like sort of like up in the air as of right now like things are ruling out or might be like earnings week so always staying informed but that comes first for sure and then you'll, you'll get there like it's not a matter about if but when like, you'll get there it does seem though that options calls uh that have a longer expiration date, have are more expensive, and have a higher um, delta um, yeah. and a really low theta. Those those seem to be a lot less riskier than um, they are. Yeah, for sure, they're a lot. Less but riskier. also, but also, you have to be okay with because for some reasons, like there's a chance that it could go to zero. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, and there's a reason why those premiums are more expensive because the, the person on the other end of that who is selling you the contract knows like this person may or may not be able to get in the money and actually make money off of this trade. So the person who's selling you that contract is well aware of that that's why the premium is so high. And especially if you're buying like, uh, with like I, I don't know if you trade on Robinhood, but like I, I trade like yeah. options on Robinhood and sometimes, majority of the time now because of uh, TD Ameritrade and Webull were just like, terrible uis and so yeah. user interfaces so like there's like that bar right here where it shows like the, the share price and then you have like your options sure. right here then you have in the, the money right out of the money and, the, and then all and like yeah and as you scroll up and then you continue like the stock with share price right here it gets out of the way and then you're looking right here you see that the options the premiums are a lot cheaper but then like once you get around here and you're looking at these like four uh premiums they're like the most expensive because they're in the money and especially if the, the shares on the stock is like on a bullish run that day you buy that that's gonna print for you like almost immediately so they they're well aware of that and that's why like they're more expensive to be in. granted they're safe but and even so like once you buy further and further and further out of them uh like expiration day wise like a couple months even a year out uh you're more than likely to be able to uh, get in the money and actually like uh profit off of that trade so that's why it's way more expensive it could be to okay. get, discourage people in the first place they've been buying the premium yeah um and this is just a 
uh, technical question. I've I just have a question on about when you're trading on um, Robinhood and there's the break break even price and the break even yeah. percentage. Is that only if you exercise uh, exercise the contract, or is that the percentage the stock needs to get to, or the price it needs to get to for you to break even on that contract? I think basically what that means is um, with the break even, it's like I've seen this happen like a bunch of times where sometimes we're especially this is where theta really uh, comes into play so okay it doesn't matter like uh, okay let's say like for an instance uh this happened with me in peloton so i was trading around peloton earnings i think i put like maybe a thousand up for the contract because uh, or like uh, the amount of contracts i think about like four or five because I, I knew that peloton was going to beat earnings smash it entirely they ended up being er beating earnings by like 136 percent so they did really well, but then there's this thing where like implied volatility comes in and it just like crushes you entirely. It doesn't matter what happens, if that goes up, it goes down. And uh, my theta decay wasn't on my side because I bought it right around like uh, when they're announcing earnings and uh, what the stock was going to be like after. So I bought in and uh, because of like the implied volatility like around like the, 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 the percentage was can't remember what the percentage was by the right around like earnings but basically i got like iv crush so basically what that is like it doesn't matter if the share price goes up or down with the position that you're in you're you're gonna get crushed and like lose almost all of it because it's just like uh how like uh i can't remember the the explanation or the reasoning behind it right now off the top of my head but like you're just gonna get crushed entirely uh but going back so basically what that is like let's say you, you buy um a contract or something basically what it's telling you is the stock price has to basically like get to this like point of number for you to really make a profit so okay say. but then sometimes that doesn't i've made profit without even having to type break even a lot of the time I okay. what it's saying it, what it's saying is basically before theta decay this is the number that you your uh the share price needs to be in order for you to like profit but that sometimes that doesn't have to happen if your theta decay is super low and as soon as you buy the stock it prints immediately because the share price is just going up really yeah. quick really fast so break even could be irrelevant as far as that point especially like if you're trading something like tesla because let's say you buy something out of the money and let's say the break even is like what tesla's like 8 40 50 right now right around there let's just say like the break even is like 950 tesla shoots up to a thousand let's say you're lucky doesn't even matter about that 950 or like uh whatever it is at that time you just print fast because it was just like the contract and beta being basically meaningless at that time like the first day you buy it so it's just it just matters about like how fast the share price goes up and how fast like uh and what your what your contract details are like are the Greeks on your side or are they not? And just because uh, break even is just kind of like that number to look out for to be for like uh, contract expires as far as like just like okay. for you to like not lose money entirely. Nice. Um, yeah. So it seems like you got a really good handle on um, all this knowledge of yeah. personal finance. And do you see yourself uh, continuing on this path and then maybe down the road starting your own thing? Uh, I, you know, it's actually my, a dream of mine to really just like uh, start my own company uh, around like things that I love. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll get 
like god willingly once i reach like my 40s or 50s like start a hedge fund <laughs> if i get yeah. like enough funding around that but there's like a bunch of other stuff that i want to like uh get to like before that time like uh like yeah, my bio shows like sneaker enthusiast and i'm like really really passionate about shoes i don't know if you yeah, can same. see the background a pair of kobe's right yeah like right here yeah right dang right, right here a... yeah. <laughs> yeah i used to resell uh, Oh yeah, man. Like, uh, how would you? What would you resell? Uh, just anything. Like, uh, just off the drop, I'd just be on the sneakers mm -hmm. app at seven a.m. Just oh, tapping away. I, uh, so <laughs> I got. I landed the uh, Travis Scott uh, sixes while I was in school. Oh, sixes. Yeah. Oh man. And dude, you don't even want to know what happened to Travis <laughs> Scott ones, bro. Keep going. What happened? You got the <laughs> Travis Scott sixes. Then what happened? Uh, I I actually landed two pairs. I had two accounts going, and then I forgot oh, to transfer wow. enough money into my checking yeah. to get two yeah. pairs because i didn't think yeah. i was going to get it so i yeah. had to cancel one and i sold it that yeah. same day on StockX. yeah what nice. happened with the jordan ones so, yeah. oh man this travis scott one so it was um it was like my i think my first year at business school i remember i had saturday classes at the time and they dropped on saturday <laughs> uh it was ramadan and i was fasting too so i'm tired of shit man i'm up at like six 50 the shoes drop at seven so i have my phone i have my laptop i have my mom's phone i have like my sister's mac i have her ipad i have like six or seven yeah, devices are going right now and like four or five different credit cards and i'm just like plugging away at like every single one and i a crazy thing is on my phone i actually got the pair in my cart and i was like going to buy and really have my apple pay and everything set up in my phone so it should be like a seamless transaction right Man, sneakers app is such bullshit, bro. Like, I don't know who coded that app, but just like, I seriously have like some words for them. But they wouldn't like, it, you know, like that error you get with sneakers, yeah. where it's like, sorry, like your payment, yep. like whatever, couldn't be processed. I just kept getting that, and I was like, what the fuck do you mean you can't process? Yeah. I was just so angry, man. So it's just like I'm in line. I have the shoe in my car for like, and it freezes at one point. Like, I have the shoe in my car, size 11, for 30 minutes. The app crashes, and it just says, yeah, sold out, and I just like. I just went and put this bro. Like, I think I almost destroyed my room that day. I was just so angry. And I, that same story has happened to me um, time and time again, where I just get like completely just like screwed over on Sneakers app. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to build something better than Sneakers app and just uh, make it like an easier place to like buy uh, buy shoes. And so, like, that's For like sure. what my dream is right now. So, I just like, I'm working right now with like a few guys I went to business school with. And like, we're trying to like just like, uh, a marketplace together yeah like a marketplace going like that nice. so something eventually bigger than go bigger than stock x uh and just kind of like uh definitely like shake up the sneaker world and the sneaker game because uh, i have an issue with like what my uh what my call to action was for that like it's something i want i've, I've dreamed of doing since i was 19 but i didn't really have like a purpose to it like i was just like mad about like oh they keep buying yeezys and selling them for a thousand dollars like oh yeah i need to build something better so this doesn't happen that was my original call, but what really like set it in stone for me and like kind of like cemented like me going down this path of like dismantling what's wrong with like the sneaker world was um I'm a huge like Kobe Bryant fan. I'm probably the biggest Kobe Bryant fan you'll ever meet. Right? Sure. I'm confident when I say that. Like I've met Kobe back in the, when I was like 16. He came wow. to the Jamal Crawford's Pro Am. I like, talked to him for a bit, and it was like the greatest day of my life. I skipped school my freshman year when I was 19 to go to his last game. And it was like legendary. Like I cried my eyes out when he dropped 60, bro. It was insane. Well, it's just like I went like tragically speaking, we lost him like almost a year ago today. 
I was like hurt, just like, yeah, I've never felt such pain before in my life. Like it felt like I, my dad had died, like a father figure because to me, he's why I do what I do. Like he's like, he's my why. Like I, I want to be like Kobe as far as, you know, I don't like play basketball at a professional level. I want to be like yeah. the best or the greatest at like whatever I do and just like be super competitive and always win. So I was just like sick to my stomach, like when that happened, but uh, what made it like salt to the wound was like, seeing how resellers were trying to take advantage of like the situation around it death where they're like spiking up the prices of shoes like jerseys and like all like just kobe's like fanware guys printed t-shirts the same day right yeah dude it's like it's so fucked up and i like i have one of like the best like kobe jersey collections that you'll ever see and i was like didn't even like thought of like selling and trying to profit would never cross my mind and yeah like this is a true story the kobe nine elites like the, the what the kobe's the, the high tops right like the crazy yeah. colorway i have a pair in size 11. the the week he died someone uh, I, I, I played basketball with knows me because i'm like the only guy like at, like that hoops with those shoes yeah. like, oh, like i'm like the only guy that hoops with those shoes and he's like dude look how much these are selling on StockX. the pair the pair that i had were selling for like i think like four or five thousand there was a size seven that was selling for forty nine thousand basically fifty thousand <laughs> I was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, the first thing, like, you, this happens, and you guys just think you guys want to just, like, profit off of them? Like, it was completely, like, uh, like, just inappropriate and just, like, yeah. flat out just wrong. So, me, like, being the real fan that I am, I said, I'd die. I was like, I would die before I, like, saw any of, like, my Kobe stuff for, like, a, a dollar. Because sometimes, like, you know, it's not even about the money. Like, to me, having all of this stuff, like, I got, like, the, um, like, rotate my laptop to uh, like right there yeah see like i have like a bunch oh, of like, nice. canvases yeah. in my room so it's just like to me it's just like it's bigger than that like it's a, it's a lifestyle of someone that i look up to it's just like a mindset like a mom mentality like it's a real thing to me so what made me really um kind of like this like uh, say i have to get this done was like back in august or so kobe week where they went and released uh, like all the shoes like the the undefeated pack Yep. Championship, uh, uh, the Kobe Sixes, and they just like even though with the Grin- Grinches most recently. Why is it that like me being a fan, like a diehard fan, why am I unable to like land a single pair? I get it, capitalism. I have I have a degree like uh, this. Like I know this. Like uh, anyone's gonna do whatever they can to like capitalize off of like the demand of a product to capitalize their financial gain. So I get it, but it's just like at the cost of what? Like you're you're doing more harm than you are good despite aligning your pocket so when when that happened i just said like dude like i have to like make a change like i have to like change it's like this isn't right as someone who like loves shoes who loves kobe Bryant, who's a huge fan of him there's i'm sure there's millions out there like me i was like why can't we get like our hands on a single pair of shoes because we have to deal with like all these like fucking resellers who want to just like go and like uh resell whatever they find on stock x for like two or three thousand dollars for a pair of shoes dude it's not right so that was like my why as to like why i want to go out and build this platform so it's, it's gonna take a while because of what i want it to be and how i want it to be so it's gonna be a few years before like, nah, you see anything about it but <laughs> that's that's a great idea i've i've definitely yeah. like felt the same way about spend that much for a pair of shoes um you know like a Literally. couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, my where I was coming from with that was like it's not like because I want the shoes bad. That, that goes for sure, and I could buy them from these resellers. But then if I do that, that that lets them win, yeah. and I, I feel like a loser in that situation because I'm against everything that they do. Yet I'm still 
buying from them and keeping them in business and making them keep a profit only to really just uh confirm like what they should be doing and just say oh yeah like look i'm making money off of this someone's still buying it doesn't matter so that's why i won't buy i'm like i won't buy from a reseller who's like uh, selling kobe's for like a thousand or two thousand dollars like because yeah. they win at the end of the day and i'm against losing like i'm a competitive psychopath so just like yeah. i can't let them win <laughs> yeah and i think that's the problem with you know sneaker culture is um all the hype around shoes and I, me personally i uh, I only buy shoes that like I think have a story and I know that kind of for oh, some people yeah. that don't aren't into the sneakers that sounds crazy yeah, right that sounds uh, crazy to them dude they, they don't know they're not part of the culture they're yeah. not part of the game like they're new to this they they were wearing bands like the last like 15 20 years <laughs> of their life and now they're just like oh well, I can make money off shoes okay <laughs> it's, it's, I agree bro Oscar yeah it's about the story man like people like uh with the concord 11s um I have, oh, yeah. I have a story about them so like the patent leather concord 11s back when they came out in 2011 like those were the shoes man and my mom was like out of the country at the time and she was supposed to like leave me money to get them no one was gonna take me i think i was maybe like uh, what was that like i was like 13 i think maybe 12 or 13 years old when they dropped and like, no one was gonna take me to like the mall to go grab them and basically like those were like my holy grail of shoes at the time now it's the dmp 11 same colorway just okay. like the gold like yeah yeah for the uh jump man so i it took me like six or seven years to get those shoes and luckily like i was able to buy them off of a friend uh for like for the low i think i basically got them for like a steal at retail they're basically like basically dead stock like the condition that they're in and once i got those shoes when i was like 20 i think i was like 20 or 21 i was like dude like took me so long to get these shoes like i'm never letting them go and it's like the story behind them just like how like mj like just laced them up made the 11s like iconic even with the breads like i went through hell and high water to get the bread 11s when they dropped too i was like 16 and it was like yeah so it's just like really it's about the story man like i yeah. love shoes with a good story and i i'm not a huge fan of um like the new uh, off-white um i'm not a huge fan of those but i'm what i really love is like you know Bread ones, cement threes, just classics yeah, can't go classic, wrong. Classic, man. Classic can go, especially like yeah, bread ones, bro. Cement <laughs> threes. I have the black cement threes. I really, really want to get wow. my hands on a pair of like the white cement threes. Like to me, yeah. that's like in like my top five. Like holy grail. I think for me, my top five is like DMP 11s at number one, white cement threes number two. Uh, I think it's like the year of the. I think it was like Year of the Rat or Year of the Rabbit 12s. Like it's like Chinese oh, yeah, yeah. 12s. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Those are wet. Uh, what else? I have two more. Taxi 12s for sure. Those are a staple. For Iconic sure. shoe. Taxi 12s. And then um, I think for the uh, last one, Space Jams. Space Jam 11s. Yeah. And yeah. the crazy thing is with those, I had the Space Jam 11s that released like a few years ago. Like in like 2017. Oh yeah. I think it was like 2017 or 2016, one of those two years. 2016. I remember middle school, my yeah. friend got a pair and yeah. Dude, you know what killed it for me? Like I want a raffle and everything got a pair. When I went to the store and I saw 45 on the back, I instantly just got pissed, bro. I was like... You're not a huge 45 so on the back guy. No, no, man. Like 45 <laughs> on the back is wrong. Like guy, he only wore, he never even wore it for that much. Like you never see MJ yeah, yeah. winning a championship in 45. Like it's always 23. So I literally held on to those shoes for a year and never wore them because I just like got repulsed by the 45 on the back. It's weird. I know like I'm like years older, but that's just like how important it was to me. 
Yeah. Um, I think, and this this sounds like I'm going against what I just said, but uh, yeah. one of my grails is um, the uh, Air Yeezy 2s because, yeah. and when I mentioned that like to my friends, you know, they're like, what do you mean Air Yeezy 2s? He, he's only with Adidas. Um, never, what's Nike all about? And and I'm not like you see hype beast rocking them like all the time now. All the time, yeah. But I, I, not for that reason. I like them because um, you know they're designed with the Jordan Souls, and yeah. I just like Kanye back then. His music, um, yeah, I just feel like it represents sure. more than what he's doing with Easy, and I don't like what he's doing with Easy playing. now. I don't like I the don't new like colors. The like. Oh, dude, yeah, same. I like the V2s and like the um like the turtle doves like when he was first coming out with like the yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the seven fifties. The V twos were solid, like the zebra is like my favorite pair of Yeezys that I have. Uh but once he started like uh, the wave runners were, were decent. They I think there's like a sure. lot of hype around them, but like what he's doing now is just like nah bro, but like the same yeah. thing like he used to kind of like get back to like where he was at when he first started, but technically speaking, he doesn't have to because like high beast yeah. they'll buy anything like Kanye. And same thing, like you can just like ask your friends, like, hey man, like, what do you think of Red October? Like, what? What are those? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they don't Nike. Yeah, the the Yeezys at Nike, man, like those are like wet. So it's just like sure. same thing with, like the story, bro. Like it's like I, I see a lot of people now getting into like the sneaker industry and the sneaker game and like becoming resellers, and they, they don't even know like their history, bro. Like yeah, they don't know what makes a shoe iconic. Like someone tried to say like, oh. uh your shoes are mid or whatever like they're not even cool i was like i looked at my feet i was like dog these are 27 <laughs> seconds like what like what the fuck are you saying right now like yeah. <laughs> um you're wearing a story and we're wearing a story yeah um, i couldn't agree more man yeah well, we see eye to eye man we're sneaking bro i didn't tell me bro it's... oh my god like <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with the sneaker game bro <laughs> for sure and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, goes on with that um, with that idea. That sounds like a really good idea. Um, thank you, thank you. That's my and, baby, man. That's my holy grail of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my final question is, um, and maybe maybe you have some, maybe you don't, but I, I want to end it with, what's your goal for this next year? Maybe personally, um, and then maybe uh, for business, uh, whether business that's your job or you know. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. That's a great question. For this year is uh, really going to be like a meaningful year for me because it's the first year in my entire life as I can remember, like the first time where I have control over like what goes on in my life because this is the first year I'm out of school. First year post-grad, like yeah. I don't ever plan on going back to school. Like I don't need a master's. This is the first year in my life where I don't have like the expectations of going to class, making grades, worrying about exams or anything like that. I'm like the first time like ever I feel like a sense of freedom. And to me, that's like so huge. So all those years I was in school, like contemplating, like dropping out and all that like bogus shit that I had to deal with, like with tests and like the whole nature of like the UW and the system itself. All those years, I, like, I said, like, yeah, as soon as I'm out of here, I'm going to go, like, run it up and make all my dreams, like, come true. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, like, go and, like, drive these things. I'm going to, like, buy my, buy my parents a house and do all that. Like, this is, like, the year where I can, like, put my money where my mouth is and actually go out and, like, make it happen. Otherwise, I just would have been talking out of my ass my entire life. And that's not something sure. I do. Like, one thing about me is, like, if I, I, I believe in something that I'm going to do or if I say I'm going to do it, like, I do it. Like, my word is bond it's iron will like 
And even with like now, like being recognized by someone like you with your podcast, I, like six months ago, I wouldn't have thought like someone would like, would have like recognized me. I just thought like, I'm going to go out and like put in the work and like whatever happens, happens. And it's crazy because you, you work so hard and sometimes you only like, especially with me, there's like a problem I have, like I work so hard and sometimes I'm only focused on like the results and focused on like where I want to be or where I see myself to be that I don't notice like how much progress that I'm actually making. I only see the end result. And that goes back to, uh, and then I get a DM from uh, you like asking me like, oh, hey, we want to interview like young entrepreneurs and like, so it is like, I was like, whoa, like I, like I, when I said like, I felt honored, like I feel honored, like dude, I seriously meant that like, it puts into perspective, like just like how far ahead that like I've come since like being in school and not being like recognized for like the work that I put in and like what mm-hmm. I'm capable of now. So first I want to thank you for that. <laughs> and then as I like Thanks get on to it, I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here for sure. And then it, it kind of gets, uh, it brings me back to like this, um, this quote from Kobe. Like we're gonna we're gonna tie it all back to Kobe. Yeah. So it brings me back to like his uh, holiday, his um, Jersey retirement ceremony. So there's like this part of his speech where he's um, like uh, talking to his girls, like uh, uh, Natalia and Gigi, rest in peace. Uh, where she he was saying like it was those times where you don't want to get early and get up and early and work. Those times where you stay up late and work. He's like those times where you, like, you don't feel like working at all. And he was like, the times where like you, you want to work, you don't feel like it. He was like, that is actually the dream. He was like, it's not the journey, it's the destination. He was like, and if you're able to understand that, your dreams won't come true. Something greater will. And then he like points to the jersey being like retired in the Raptors. And at the time, like that, like completely went over my head. Like I thought he was talking to his kids, but as time went on and as I got older, like I watched that interview again, and I was like, that's like a message to like anyone watching this. Like it was like geared towards his kids but there's so much to learn like from just that alone so uh what i tell myself now is like i'm living the dream like the work that i'm putting in is is the dream right now to be able to like get up every morning and like work and make uh, like uh, attain your goals and work towards something greater than yourself for like one whatever happens so like it's not the destination or it's not it's not the destination it's the journey so that's like what i've been able to like take away from uh, that speech and so what I do now for this year is just like work tirelessly, like work like a dog to get to where I want to get to. So there's like a bunch of things that I want to accomplish, like e-commerce, uh, Amazon stores, um, uh, the, the passive income businesses that just kind of like run themselves without me. Also build up like this platform when I'm doing with like this and on TikTok, uh, just like putting on finance information, increase my portfolio, like get my uh, sneaker uh, business going. And just, uh, it's not even like, uh, it's about like the year 2021, but it goes like so much further beyond that. So it's like, I look at like week week in, week out, just like going in, working and putting my money where my mouth is. So I don't disappoint the the Kadar from like a few years ago, who was uh, trapped in school and wasn't able to go out and pursue these dreams since I'm that guy now. So I got to go ahead and like uh, put my money where my mouth is and really just uh, go in and work and make it happen. All right, that wraps it up for the fourth episode of the Venture Started Podcast. If you guys haven't already, go follow Kadar on both TikTok and Instagram at KadarTheDon. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and make sure to go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure as well to stay tuned for future episodes, as I will be interviewing more entrepreneurs to hear their stories. Thanks, guys. Peace.